The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Good afternoon and welcome to what is this? A Thursday edition of the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. I'll be the custodian of these airwaves for the next four hours. Jalen Nye still on vacation. I say still like it's been a long time. She left yesterday. Uh, she'll be back January 8th. Got a great show lined up for you today. Kyle Dubay, Executive Director, You Can Use Services, will join me at the bottom of this half hour. I've got my first ever roundtable. I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm hoping very well. I'll be joined by uh, Natalie Harper, founder and managing director of Harper PR, and Catherine Bengal. She'll probably find out how to say that before she gets here, and she's the owner of a PR firm named after her. I'll also be joined by Dennis Laliberte from uh, New West Travel and Jesse Beyer from Global Television, which is always a treat. But right now, I'm joined by Quinn Oler from Global Television. Weekend news anchor, is that, what's your title? Yeah, anchor reporter is kind of what we say. So weekend news anchor and then reporter What's three days your a business week. Card? Pretty much everything. Okay, does it really? Though it says your name and then it says my name and it says anchor reporter. You know, I should ask because we're members of the same family. You and we I, are the chorus family. Did you just get new business cards? I don't know if other people did, but no one. Gave no me one, one which oh, kind of scares me a little I'm bit. Sorry maybe I should have. have <laughs> maybe I should get one. <laughs> it's maybe, and maybe I shouldn't even be saying this on these airwaves. But I think, I think three years ago, Jay, Linda, and I have been together in the afternoon for three years, mm-hmm. which meant that I went from Andrew Gross, co-host of whatever, to Andrew Gross, co-host of the six thirty Chit Afternoon News. I think in between there, I might have just said Andrew Gross, which I wish they'd have stuck with. But I got this box of cards, and there must have been a deal on like 5,000 of them, because it was like, <laughs> you know, picture it was like the size of two bricks put end to end. Yeah. Well, there's, they were sat in my drawer for three years, and then the last week, as a Christmas surprise, I got another box. That they, say, they must think that you're handing them out to everybody. Why would I, though? I don't know. I know that we hand out a ton of business cards. But why do you? Uh, like just when you're doing interviews and stuff, right? Or you're dealing with a PR firm or you're dealing with anything like that, then you just hand them out. And if another story idea comes up, someone can get in contact with you. We go through quite a few. I mean, I do. I'm not sure about other reporters, but... See, I don't know when. I try and avoid people when I'm not in this building. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't... I mean, I could imagine handing out a card that said, my agent, if you wanted to hire mm-hmm. me for comedy or something like that, but why would I ever want anyone to get hold of me here? In fact, to be honest with you, and I'm just being honest, because I'm not really sure how many people listen between Christmas and New Year's, <laughs> so I feel like this is the this is the right More week. people are at home or in their vehicles. Yeah, so exactly. More people are listening than normal. And That's a lot of them are with. drinking, so they're probably not going to remember <laughs> this conversation. Um, I, I actually have only got one person who ever phones me. Like my is phone. It your, like your mom? Or do no, you it's mean a like listener. just as a listener? It's Mary. Oh, okay. Mary the listener is the yeah. only person that I know that phones. And I, I, I'm typically not here when she calls, but I always listen to her message and try and get back to her. And one day, Chad changed everything here. I walked in, sat down at my desk and looked and thought, something's different, but I can't quite put 
my finger on what it is, and I realized I had no phone. So at first you panic that, well, aren't I going to need one? But it had been replaced by a headset with a little microphone, and apparently a memo had gone out that everybody was losing their phones unless you otherwise told them. So yes. I, was, I had to reply. We got the same email. So did you end up with a headset? No, I ended up with a phone because I asked for a phone. See, I See, didn't. but we got about 15 emails following that from our technical guys being like, request your phone or you don't get one. Oh, nobody followed up with us. <laughs> Apparently it was just the one email. <laughs> and then, of course, when you bring it up, yeah. everyone in the newsroom goes, well, you should try reading your emails. Like, okay, I suppose. I saw IT, and then I don't even know what the rest of the subject line was. <laughs> It was just like, I can't even I imagine. feel like we got the exact same email, and then our technical guys, they know all of us in our newsroom who don't read those emails, and then we'll send them, like, urgent, urgent, you need to do oh, this, or we're going to take away your phones, right. and then everything would break loose in Global Edmonton. Well, what I've, yeah, exactly. What I've found is I've used the head. Now, the one reason I, like I say, nobody phones me, but I do phone out. Mm-hmm. And typically the reason I phone out, to be perfectly honest, is to phone customers to tell them to go over the requirements for their show on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So I do that on Monday. So on Mondays, I'll phone two or three customers and, hey, I'm doing a show for you on Friday. Just wanted to go over the details of the show and what the restrictions are on, you know, whatever language and content and that kind of thing. Um, but I typically do it like sort of huddled in my little cubicle in a low voice so nobody knows that's what I'm doing. <laughs> but when you have a headset and a microphone, you feel the need to yell into it or something. Like, you, you know, you're not sure if they're even hearing you, (laughs) right? So I'm just, I'm not a good employee, I guess is what I mean. (laughs) What you're saying and what you're admitting on the air is you're doing other things while you're supposed to be I am totally doing a ton of other things. A lot of people on vacation at Global these days? Absolutely. How's that for you? It it means that I get to anchor more newscasts, so that's awesome. It's good news for me. It gives me more opportunities to be on the air. And really, it's only a matter of time before Carol Ann Devaney gets pregnant again, right? So you (laughs) should be... I don't know. I I don't know if she's planning on having more kids or anything like that, but I'm going to tell you right now, I feel like you do know, just the way you answered Oh, I don't know. I actually don't know. You seemed guarded and defensive, (laughs) so I'm guessing that she confided in you and you don't feel... No, that actually did not happen. All right. I can confirm that that did not happen. Fair enough. Because she was gone for quite a while, twice, right? Yeah, and there was about about a... uh, Just under a year, I think, or almost exactly a year between the two that she was back. Um, Yeah, I anchored for her first mat leave. I was on Global News at 11, so I was on for the year Monday to Friday on our 11. O'clock show. Never missed it, and you did a fabulous job. Oh, thank you. Wait a second. I thought Nancy Carlson did the 11. She did the, for the first Oh, she leave. moved down. Got yeah, she did the 6 it, o'clock right. with Gord, and then uh, this last one, she did both, so working extra double duty. She did both. Mm-hmm. Huh. How, do you mind me asking, because I'm sort of kind of curious, and I'm thinking maybe <laughs> listeners might be too, if your aspiration is to become the anchor of, what do you consider the main news, the 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock? Uh, the 6 o'clock is what our flagship show. How do you get there? A lot of hard work. But somebody I think has it's to, the best way to do it. And someone has to move, right? Or mm. someone has to go somewhere else. Someone has to be promoted. Yeah, there's only a limited number of those spaces in our network. I mean, really, our anchor basin is quite small in global across Canada. Um, so someone has to move on. Someone has to go somewhere else. Someone has to, like Catherine Bangle, who's coming on a little bit later, has to... Um, Go on and do something else, right? So she wasn't an anchor. Wait, wait a but second, you know Catherine? I do. Then why wouldn't you? Is that? I, I gave you the, the thumbs up. That oh, you said did it you? Right. I'm you so were sorry. Like, I was like, well, I haven't been introduced yet, so I don't um, think I should just be. 
See, imparting I saw myself the in this conversation. In, in hindsight, <laughs> you're I like, what I, was that? What does that mean? I thought you were just really excited. <laughs> I thought perhaps you thought well, that was a great opening to the show. I thought you were giving me. I moral was really support. excited. Okay, I will well, always give you moral so support Bangle. over here. Yes. Bangle. And she worked for... She worked for Global for okay. quite some time. She was our um, Nightwatch reporter before I started at Global Admin. See, again, um, she actually sent me her bio by email. You, did you read it? I did you not. You did not read it. I didn't. <laughs> because I know, and I know people, and I do the same thing. I'll mm-hmm. be honest with you. I send people bios and expect them to memorize them, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, I, I'm just going to introduce her as, uh, you know, Cat Bangle mm-hmm. from Bangle PR. So it, beyond, I've sort of described everything I feel like our listeners need to know, her name and where she works. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's got her name in it would suggest that she owns it. So yeah. that sort of pulls it all together, right? Yeah. And then, see, it's like here, maybe it's like this. For me, when I do comedy, the introduction is five lines long. And people always ask... Do you want me to say a little bit more, like how I, I know you or whatever? No, because I feel like you're either funny or you're not. So you can go ahead and just, well, he's the funniest guy on the planet and you're going to love everything you're about to hear. And then maybe that's not true, right? Which sometimes yeah. it isn't. So I feel like a couple of lines really sets it up for low expectation and mm-hmm. then you go from there. So I, <laughs> I'm guessing once these two ladies start talking, people would be like, I don't know what their background is, but they're... Yeah, I think yeah, you're going to have some really intelligent conversation, and especially when it comes to social media and marketing and that kind of thing. These See, that just makes are... me even more nervous, to be honest with you, because <laughs> you're the second or third person to tell me how qualified these two ladies are. So I shouldn't be, oh yeah, I shouldn't be saying that. I should be setting the bar low. That's No, right? uh, you know what? I hope they are, because... I, they I, are. They're... I know, I know they are. I, I, you know what? This is how nervous I am. <laughs> Not with you, but with them, because I I don't know either of them. Yeah. And I may find out after meeting them that I've met them before, and then that makes yeah. it awkward, as it always is. <laughs> but I've never done a roundtable before, and I tried to get here early enough today to catch Ryan before he left, because he does them all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and does like, a fantastic job of he them. Really he does, really does. I, I like the sound of them, so I wanted mm-hmm. to know how he sort of gets it up and off the ground so that I could kind of copy his style. Well, not his style. I don't think anyone can copy Ryan's style. Four hours isn't enough time. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to need a lot more than just a couple of minutes with Ryan to copy what he does. Yeah, there's a guy who likes a microphone. But I mean, all all radio people. Have you ever hosted a roundtable kind of dealy? No, I really haven't. I can't even help. I'm no help whatsoever. Ask me to do an interview one-on-one with someone. I might be able to help a little bit, but you're already... Good to go on that side. You, you uh, have interviewed me in the past, I think, before and after I joined uh, Chad. And I can't remember what the first story was. The second was uh, us loading up trucks to go somewhere. So it might Calgary. Been, it was the flood in Calgary. It was the flooding in Calgary, yeah. right. And I don't remember the first one now. Maybe was I don't it either, comedy? but... Was it comedy? I don't think it was. Mm. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. I just remember that it's it's funny to go from one side of the microphone to the other. It's so strange, and I've had people yeah. interview me, and I Feels can't awkward, string right? a sentence together. I don't know exactly. what's going on. And that's exactly like what right happened. now. <laughs> you, exactly. Well, I shouldn't have agreed with that last thing. <laughs> you, you asked me, you know, how did this idea come up? And as you say, we were filling a truck to go to Calgary to help people who were uh, misplaced uh, or displaced by the flood. Mm-hmm. And you said, so how did this come about? And I was like, ah, uh, well, there was flooding or something like that. <laughs> Yes, there was. Yes, there was. Thank you for that. And now you're loading a truck. Yes, I am. This one. This this truck. That I you never see watched right that. Here. Night to see if it made 
I was praying it didn't. Um, oh, it did. Of course it did. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, because you I, can't I waste people. You know what? I cut it up for 15 seconds, so the, the whole four minutes that you did, I picked your best 15 seconds. That's my job. Did I ever tell you Uh-oh. about the worst interview I ever did? No. And it was not with you. Oh, good. Nor was it with your our network. It was with a different network. Um, I'll tell you quickly, then we'll take a break. It was on 9-12, so the day after 9-11. Mm-hmm. And I was supposed to fly to Ontario to tape uh, Comedy Club 54. Do you remember those? Mm-hmm. It used to be years ago. That's how every Canadian comedian got his first television appearance was that, because he didn't pay anything. Um, he didn't pay for the flight, so if you wanted television, you flew down, did a set, and it got on TV, in Ontario at least, and then in rerun er- elsewhere, right? Mm-hmm. So I go to the airport, and of course all flights are canceled, right? So I'm leaving, and a local television person is there who you know, and who I will tell you <laughs> their name out there. Off air. Yeah, and she's working uh, for a different network than she is now. There, I've ha- sort of half-identified. Um, and she's like, hey, um, would you do a quick hit about what your day is like today? And where, and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, you know, and she knew I was a comedian, right? Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, the thing is, like, we're here all day and we've been interviewing, like, it's all businessmen. So if they're like a different perspective would be yeah. just good, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, but you know what? I'm, uh, there's no way I can be, I'm not going to try and be funny. I shouldn't be fun. There's nothing funny about this, right? Yeah. And she goes, no, 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 absolutely. It's just a different day. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was live to tape. So it's not going to air right away, but it is going to air, right? So she goes, uh, you know, we're joined by Andrew Gross, and uh, so where were you headed today? And so I was, I was, you know, going to Hamilton or wherever they used to tape. I guess Comedy Club Fifty Four is in Burlington, but anyway, going to Toronto. And uh, she goes, uh, so this has hurt your career or something like that. I go, no, no, this is in no way. And I, I said, being put out of a flight or missing a television taping is nothing. Um, you know, it's nothing compared to the lives that have been lost and... Yeah, the horrible. Yeah, the the horrific act that took place. And she's like, mm, okay. She goes, so how has it affected you? And I, and I said, well, you know, my job is to make fun of the world and I woke up in a world that isn't funny today. And so, but it certainly has not affected me to the extent that it's affected the victims of, you know. She's like, mm, okay. But how... And she just kept asking the same question basically over and over again. And... Finally, I said, look, you know, yeah, I, I'm obviously not giving you the answer that you want. So what answer are you looking for? And she goes, well, specifically, what, where were you flying to and for what reason? And I said, well, I was flying to Toronto to do a television tape, and now I can't. She was like, okay, great. And so that night, it airs. And it's like, you know, well, traffic is all stalled or snarled at the uh, Edmonton airport as it is at all airports across Canada. We talked to comedian Andrew Gross. How has this tragedy affected you? I had a television and taping in Toronto. Now I can't go. Thanks very much. And that was it. (laughs) People started phoning me. You're in trouble. You're in trouble after that. Oh, my God. Uh, People canceled shows. Yeah. Was, That's oh, not good. Oh, that was... I've never forgotten it, and uh, still waiting for the opportunity to pay that individual back. <laughs> and now that I, one of the biggest reasons I got into radio was the hope that I would one day interview her. And it's not you, so... It was not me. It was not you, nor was it your network. I won't tell you how old I was when that day was. <laughs> oh, that, I don't even want to know. All right, we'll take a quick break, and uh, more with Quinn Oler. Two twenty-three here on the six thirty chat afternoon news. Uh, I've been chatting with Quinn Oler. Always happy. I, you know, I love to see Gord, of course, but I'm always happy when Gord's gone and you fill in because I enjoy seeing you and talking to you. Consider you a friend. We worked Absolutely. together once as well. Do you remember that? It was uh, the big uh, something gala. 
Diamonds and denim. Oh, denim. Denim and diamonds for JDRF. That's right. Do you yeah, host juvenile a lot of those diabetes? things? Um, I do, and I did it again this year. Uh, JDRF actually asked me to come in because uh, just a couple of months before that, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. I did not know that. Yeah, so I've been living with type 1 diabetes for about two, just about two years in April, actually. So being able to do that hit really close to home and being did. able to meet some of the great kids. They have unreal kids that they work do. with them all the time and do you talk to the doctors as well they are brilliant edmonton is so lucky when it comes to diabetes research and what's going on in edmonton i don't know if people understand how brilliant and how much research is actually going on right here in edmonton are you ever completely intimidated by just how smart you know the other person absolutely is? <laughs> <laughs> Especially in those situations or um, a lot of times at those types of events, I will sit with um, the person who's in charge of that organization across Canada, right? And yeah. it's it's intimidating. It really is. And they want to talk to you about your job and all I want to know is what they're doing. And yeah, it's, do you, it's do very you, intimidating. Do you default to a comfort zone? Do you default to interviewing them because you're more comfortable with that form of conversation? Or Absolutely. Yeah, I find that too. Yeah, that's that the too. first thing that I do. Yeah, and and as though there's a camera right there, capturing. Yeah, I. This is one of the reasons I always decline the dinner invitation. <laughs> <laughs> for, for fear people will discover how unintelligent I am. It's it's really an interesting thing at dinner, too. And when you're sitting at the table with these people, there's always other people that want to talk to them, too. But because yeah. of my background, I mean, I've been working as a journalist for just about 10 years now. So that's the first thing I do. And I do that in any situation um, with someone that I don't know very well, even if it's just a friend situation. Right. You go right back to... So what do you do? And ask questions about that? Or? I, I bet you, you and I are the same that way, too, mm-hmm. because I, in any social circumstance, as I get talking to somebody, I start judging whether or not they'd make a good guest on the show. Absolutely. Right? As they start telling your <laughs> yeah. story, you go, hey, that's a really interesting story. And you try and think of a way to frame it around a bigger issue so that you could do the news item and then, you know, move that, to the interview part. Yeah, that's a lot of times where some reporters including myself, get some of their great story ideas is just you meet someone in a social setting. Maybe you start talking to them about their life and everyone, I believe more than anyone that everyone has a story. I absolutely agree with that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to dig to find it. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you have to really corner them and push them into telling you, but I've never met it. And that, you know, it's funny because you said a moment ago, you want to hear about them and they want to learn about your job, right? Yeah. I am absolutely the same way. I don't want to talk about any of the jobs that I have. But I love jobs that that you and I have never done or will never do, like a meter maid or, um, you know, just the guy who whatever, like just some what yeah. people might consider like, you know who I'd love to sit down and talk to a garbage man. Absolutely. I would love to know what their day looks like and what they have found and what people throw out and. And how it even works. Exactly. You know, do you take the same truck every day? Do you, you know what I mean? I know you're on Mm -hmm. the same route every day. And what's the strangest thing that you found in someone's when you're loading up the garbage in the moment that you Right. Have you ever driven away without the guy that's hanging off the back? And, you know, just stuff like that, right? Yeah. Because I I did talk to a meter maid one time in Vancouver, and to the point where she was actually, I was interfering with her job. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're distracting people from their actual work. Yeah. Right, and it, she was like, is this about getting out of this ticket? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to pay it anyway. I'm just really, because <laughs> I don't live in BC, but I'm just, it was just a curious conversation. You know, I would want to know um, the crazy stories that people come up with 
to get out of tickets. Yeah. Whether, whether it's from a police officer, a sheriff, or a meter maid. My brother was a Mountie. Yeah. And uh, an Edmonton police officer at one point, mm-hmm. and then became a photographer. Now I don't know what he's doing, but he's living in Ottawa. But I had that conversation with him one time. Uh, it would be such great radio to get any police officer to come in and mm-hmm. just stick to that particular topic. He told a guy one time on the side of the highway in, where was he stationed? Newfoundland, near Beta Spare, Newfoundland. Uh, the guy said, can you give me a break? And which, by the way, I've been told police will never give you a break if you ask for a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said, can you give me a, a break? And Doug said, the only way I could justify the speed you were doing is if you showed me a pilot's license. And the guy showed him a pilot's license. He went, have a nice day. <laughs> you can't get out of that. <laughs> yeah, you said it. You committed to it. Uh, Quinn, we're out of time. How did that happen? Every time, I know. Andrew, every time. I'm so sad that you leave me. <laughs> I've got Kyle Dubé coming in. He's a great uh, conversation as well. Do you know you know about UCAN Youth Services? I actually don't. I'm excited to hear about it. You listen to it on the way home because mm-hmm. it's an absolutely... It's I picked Kyle for today. There's nothing specifically burning going on with UCAN except that they're my favorite not-for-profit slash charity in Edmonton, and there's so many good ones here. Mm-hmm. But the work they do all year long, kind of silently that you're not aware of, makes a big difference in this city, and it, I can't... I can't give him enough opportunities to tell his story. So I think you'll like it. And then you'll think to yourself, I should have him on Global News. Oh, there you go. All right. I'll just take all your ideas. Yeah, no, listen, I only have one or two a year, so take them away. Uh, Quinn Oler, always a pleasure. Thank you for doing this. Oh, no, thank you, Andrew. And we'll do it in... Uh... Conversation with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chat, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. I turned everybody's mics on except mine. I don't know if you were listening, Kyle Dubé, as you drove to the station today. I kind of introduced you already. I was listening. Thank you very much for the intro already. Excellent. So I don't feel the need to repeat it at all. Uh, I'm sort of having a little bit of uh, fun this uh, these days with Jay gone this week and next week, and I'm sprinkling in, among other things, um, favorite things. So, for example, next week, I don't know if you know the story of uh, Cindy Nickel and her son Christopher, but it was one of the biggest stories that I ever got involved in years ago, and it was about uh, Cindy attempting to adopt a child um, um, from outside of the country and running into, from the Congo, and running into all kinds of political snags so that she couldn't do it. So she basically had adopted this child but couldn't bring him home. And the story went on for two years, and on Christmas Eve one year, he came home. And I've stayed in touch with the family, and I'm having her on. So it's that next week. So it's like little stories like that where people over the years that have been in radio. So you came to mind because I didn't know you back in the day, and I saw something uh, about UCAN Youth Services, of which you're the executive director, Kyle Dubé. And I read about it, had you on the show with me and uh, Tensor. Yeah, and uh, we were blown away. So I've stayed in touch with you since. We've become good friends. But for those who don't know, tell me about UCAN. So yeah, thank you very much. UCAN Youth Services has been in the city since uh, 2002. 
doing our work fairly quietly, except for the last five or six years. I think we've been making more of a name of ourselves. And essentially what we do is we work with at-risk youth, uh, young people between the ages. We consider youth 12 to 24. And we work with young people essentially trying to keep them in school, trying to get them back into school, or trying to get them employed. And they come from a variety of backgrounds, um, justice system. Uh, we have outreach workers that are working with some pretty hardcore young people that are dealing with addictions and homelessness and a lot of family violence and stuff like that. We have in-school youth workers who are working with young people that are already beaten a bit of life because they're in school, which is fantastic, but they're identified uh, to our youth workers to, to do some work with them to make sure that they stay in school and that they're stabilized in the community whilst trying to complete school. And then we run a, a pre-employment program where we work with youth that are coming in who can't keep a job, can't stay in school, and just need a little bit more support and a little bit more work to be out there and, and hopefully become taxpayers when they're done <laughs> working with us. How many kids at any given time are you working with or in touch with or in some way involved with? Yeah, so any given time is tough because it changes a bit, but last year my, my stats aren't in for 2017 yet because we're... <laughs> We're not there we're almost, yet. We're almost yeah. done. Uh, but each year we work with roughly 350 to 400 youth directly. And that's with our, we have a, a staff of 20. Um, so that's quite a bit of young people mm-hmm. working with. And then within the schools, there's probably another, oh man, there's probably another thousand that we do one-offs with where we're doing, inter, you know, the, the circle processes for conflict resolution. We're doing mediation. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Well, so for example, there's a group of young people that aren't getting along in a school, be whatever the conflict is, and, and they call one of our youth workers and say, hey, can you help out? So we actually utilize a circle process where we literally sit in a circle. We have a talking piece, and you only talk when you have the talking piece, and we deal with our issues and our differences, and we use that process. It's, it's a great communication tool and it's one that young people really take to because it allows them to express themselves it allows them to listen and typically by the end of it they're i mean they're not singing hmm. kumbaya together but they're getting along well, i was going to ask if you were like reverend tom tom brought your guitar and uh, yeah we have yeah, right. yeah, guitar it's unbelievable it's, it's fantastic <laughs> so i have to ask because a lot of our listeners are parents who have teenagers that are not in jeopardy that are not in need but who have no interest in listening to what we have to say. So how do you get through to these kind of youth that may not always welcome your intervention? Or, or is it only those who reach out to you? Yeah, so we, uh, we, the youth come to us through a variety of ways. It's, it's either they self give us a refer or there's another youth refers them which is usually the best referrals we have the police refer them we have teachers refer them we have social workers are you sometimes an option instead of something else are you an option instead of juvie or an yeah option? we can be that yeah. being said we only work with youth who who are voluntarily there we don't want anybody who's mandated to be with us because truth be told a lot of those programs it's that's a tough program to run when a, when a youth doesn't want to be there as far as <clears throat> People that are thinking, well, my kid's fine. I don't need to, to listen. Every youth is an at-risk youth to some degree. I have three sons. They're all teenagers. They come from, I think, a pretty good home because of their mom. Uh, <laughs> things are half decent. Yeah. Uh, they're all afforded some luxuries and they're, they're afforded some opportunities. Yet, they're at risk to get involved in a lot of the negative behaviors and negative things that are out there as well. So, to mm. me, 
we always got to be looking for some of those signs as far as what these youth are going through and, and who they're hanging out with and some of their behaviors that they're displaying. Is there any particular time of year, and I'm thinking Christmas, of course, where the crisis is a little or the demand is a little greater than other times? Christmas is a tough time for a lot of our at-risk youth because they don't come from... A lot of them don't come from stability and they're missing some of those family times and some of those things that we go through um, and I'm using air quotations mm-hmm. right now in, in a normal family, normal Christmas. So quite often they're lonely, they're depressed, they, they need some support. So our youth workers are, are working hard to make sure that the young people we work with are connected to different things in the community. And Edmonton's an unbelievable place filled with resources with just very caring people that that really open up their agencies and their homes. And I mean, there's so many meals and so many great things out there for our young people, which is good. And that's what they go in and they tend to kind of gravitate to during these times. I guess like anything else, uh, an occasion like Christmas puts a spotlight on problems, right? You you know, your air quote of normal, mm-hmm. I don't know what normal is either, but you sort of notice, um, you just notice where your life doesn't quite meet its expectations at times like Christmas. Yeah, when, I think so. You know, when those around you are celebrating it in some other way that you're just not. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think that all of us go through that in yeah. some ways. And I think whenever you're you're vulnerable and whenever you're marginalized to a certain degree that it's 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 just an elevated feeling, right? Where where this isn't good for me. That being said, it's not just at Christmas right? It's year round. Mm -hmm. And for us, definitely there's a spotlight put on during holidays or during those good times at families and and spend with one another. But throughout the entire year, the young people we deal with are are struggling and they're going through hardships. And, And we're just big believers that if given opportunity, they can be successful and they can find success. And, you know, I said earlier about being a taxpayer. This is this is a big thing for us. We want these young people to be taxpayers. We mm-hmm. want them to contribute to our society. We want them to have jobs and pay their own rent and get their own groceries and do all those things that we just do that, that we take for granted in a lot of ways. It's just what we've always done. And right. Well, except of, for the pay for taxes thing, but gee, I don't yeah, I, okay. I get the point. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's another. Get, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that's another another yeah. show, Andrew. But but for us, it's it's big that they, you know, we want to we don't want to enable them to live this lo- this harmful lifestyle mm-hmm. forever, and we want them to be able to go and be economically independent and be able to to live that life where you know they don't have anyone chasing them down or the law or gang whatever it is mm-hmm. that they're just living life and doing well and 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 they find that success good stuff uh, rewarding job i'm sure we have to take a break and sell some stuff here and uh but then i want to talk about because you said just a moment ago um i said you kind of work silently in the background you said you've gotten a little noisier recently and i know exactly what you're referring to so we'll talk about that as well coming right up the executive director for you can youth services uh, mentioned before the break um that you have worked silently when i first met you first had you on the radio had not heard of you can use services had not heard of you uh did not know the work that you were doing and was blown away by um by what you were doing and before i get to why you've become a little noisier let me ask a very blunt question how are you financed 
That's very personal. Mm. I don't mean you personally. <clears throat> I meant the agency. Oh, the agency. Uh, yeah. So you know what? We we have a lot of different finances. Uh, we have all three levels of government that support us. We have different foundations that have come on board to support us. We have personal donors. We have corporate donations. Um, yeah, and and we're we're always looking for different revenue streams. You and know, how do, how do you find? How have you found I mean, the grant part of it's pretty easy. You go online and figure. I don't mean it's easy to get a grant, but it's easy to find out what grants are out there. How do you establish those relationships with corporations, with individuals? How do you nurture those into garnering enough support to run what you do? Yeah, I mean, technically that's my job. I'm out there in the community trying to, I guess you can say, sell the organization. Um, talk about the good work that we do and really see if it lines up with different corporations values see if it lines up with the people that are that are running those organizations and if they want to support us and supporting the young people that we work with um some of our our big corporate donors and supporters it it, they they just believe in what we do Mm -hmm. and then they introduce us to some of their friends who (laughs) believe in what they do and it's you know as as we're growing as an agency and and picking up some steam here we're starting to pick up on some of these these different sponsors and and they're really appreciating the work that we do i know that uh i i guess i can't i don't know if i should call it your big fundraiser but your public fundraiser i think it's the only the only it is our biggest and, and okay only technically our only one that we run yes. all right cool so you do a comedy uh night comedy is that night. what you call it the you can use services comedy night there you it's go pretty basic it's gotten bigger every year every year uh i've performed that and i've attended it every year yeah uh and it has gotten bigger every year and it's a huge i would describe it as a huge informal gala hmm right mm. because it 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 has all the drapings of a gala uh, but you don't feel the need to wear a tux that's right it's it's pretty blue jean and whatever you showed up in kind of thing uh when is the next one so the next one and i that description actually is really good um you can ha- it's thank mine. you it's yours can, can, yeah. okay yeah. i appreciate that we uh if you know me what you know me well Andrew, I do. uh it's a rarity to see me in any kind of <laughs> formal wear yeah um I'm surprised uh, you have pants on today, yeah quite yeah. frankly but and so typically it's jeans or shorts and a you can golf shirt because yeah. <laughs> I get those for free and yeah. I wear them a lot. So what we do at our event is as much as we we want people to come out and, and feel this, like you said, it's an informal gala. Um, we it's it's the recipe of most events where we have young people talk and we we pull at your heartstrings and you know we want you we want you to feel for these young people <laughs> for the yeah. work that we do we kind of flip it upside down and make fun of the process you do it's sort of like i here's another comparison for you uh i compare you you are to fundraising what penn and teller are to muse or are to uh, magic uh, penn and, because if you go to see penn and teller show they'll do a trick that other ma- magicians do and then they will refuse to take the applause for it and say, no, save that for a Copperfield or whatever. We'll show you now how that trick's done. Right. And they'll turn it around so you can see the back of the box and you see how those weren't really his legs and this and that. <laughs> yeah. And it's so entertaining. Yeah. And then they will still do something that's amazing, right? Yeah. And that's that's the UK and uh, Youth Services Comedy Night. Because you get up there, you sort of, you, you say... All right, here we go. This is where we're going to tug on your heartstrings. Yeah. You get somebody up to tell a story, uh, a youth, and typically, obviously a success story, but typically, I'll be honest with you, as an audience member, you go, all right, here we go, right? But then you hear these stories or this story, and you just think, wow, 
wow, I am so proud of that boy or that girl that the story from where they went to, to where they are now and to be able to get up in front of a group of adults who they don't know and tell their story, you just know that it's more than just changing their economic situation. It's way more than that. You know that it's changed their outlook on life. It's changed their confidence. It's changed everything. Mm. And and you get that. And I, I to the point where I actually look forward to the to the story. And they're hard. They're hard yeah. to listen to. But yeah. the rest of the evening's all laughs. Well it is we try to laugh a lot. We you know and then we bring in Excellent comedians. Who have you got this year? Uh, so this year we've got uh, local guy Carrie Unger, and sort can, of local Red Deer. Well, Red Deer. Yeah. Uh, when I say local, I mean more kind of. When you say local, you mean you're not paying transport. That's so, yeah. right. Okay. That's right. And then uh, and he's excellent. I've seen him many yeah. times at the comedy festival. You know him well. Um, and then we have Kelly Taylor, who's coming out of Saskatoon, and uh, very funny guy. Kelly Taylor may very well be the funniest working comedian in Canada. He's excellent. He's, yeah, uh, we, we he played us about four years ago. I want to say and just had awesome reviews. So we're he happy he with played him. your event yeah. four years ago, and I hired him that night to come back and do the Edmonton Comedy Festival. Yeah, because I'd heard about him, but I heard I hear about a lot of guys. But he's got a sort. He actually fits your gala perfectly because he's got a sort of a down home slice of life regular mm-hmm. guy mm-hmm. kind of presentation where you think I believe I've had beers with that yeah, guy. Yeah, he's he's great. And, and and as you said, we're growing this event. Every year it gets bigger. Every year we raise a bit more money. And, and typically in the last three years, we've been hitting that 400 to 420 people. We're pushing the envelope this year. We're going to try to get 650 people into the venue. Wow, and, what's the uh, venue? Do you know? So on March 3rd, yeah. uh, 2018, we're going to the River Cree Event Center, which is their big tent. That's the tent, eh? Yeah, and um, it actually holds about 800, I think, but we're going to try to put 650 in there. Tables are 1500 bucks a table. That's for 10 people. Or we've got some $2,500 sponsorship tables available. Um, I do have to mention some of our sponsors because that would only make sense if I'm on the radio. And, oh, and uh, I know. For free, so. I, I was, uh, RP's North. Hamilton Comedy Festival, wonderful yeah. people there. Uh, the Black Dirt Company, RBC, Crystal Glass, good buddies with both of us, yeah. Signature Orthodontics. They're all supporting us in a huge way, and, and um, we're excited about this because it's going to be big. The more, and you know, this is so, yeah. the more people, the, the, the bigger the roar of the laughter. Well, that's just it. That's exactly right. The, you always pack the room, whatever room you're in. That venue, by the way, is a great venue. It doesn't look like it's going to be when you walk in. Yeah. You and I were texting each other, yeah. actually, while you were looking at the venue, and I said that to you. It doesn't look like the sound will be perfect in that room, but the sound is actually perfect. Yeah. They're, they're real pro. I think it's Production World does the sound. They do, that. yeah. Yeah, and they do a fantastic job. So that's going to be good. Coming up on March 3rd, uh, are tickets on sale already? Tickets are on sale, so if you go to our website... Uh, really? Or you know what? Man, you, you are organized. We've got 30 tables out the door. So we're looking to sell another 30, 35 tables. So by all means, um, you know what? Go to youcan.ca, Y-O-U-C-A-N.ca, or give a call, 44780-444-3348. Hit extension 22. That's I thought that was my number for a second there. It's very close. No, uh, I could give that up. No, that's fine. Uh, But by all means, give a call. Hit extension 22 on that number. That's mine, and I can set you up. And we're always looking, right? It's so cold right now. Now. Mm-hmm. We are definitely looking for any kind of donations with socks, jackets, hats, scarves, boots, any of that type of stuff. Because the of help you give these kids is not just sitting down and 
you know, scaring them straight? You give them hats and boots? <laughs> yeah, we, we try not to scare them straight. Uh, <laughs> we try to give, yeah, we give some hugs. We give yeah, a time a little kick in the butt. And we, we, yeah, toiletries. I mean, anything that they need, if we have it and we can give it to them and they need it, we do that. Is there one guy in the last year that sticks out? One guy or girl? Yeah, we, we've actually got a few. Um, if you come to Comedy Night, we've actually got a couple that we're doing our video on this year. And it's just this incredible story of them working together and the resiliency that they've had to go through in their lives um, to, to make things work. We've, we've got a few young people that we've worked with that have just overcome really incredible barriers that are now working full-time paying their own rent, doing all the things, like I said earlier, and six months ago, never thought that they would be doing that. Do you still remember what, I know you don't deal with each individual, you know, your bigger job as an executive director is to get that financial support, but there must be one or two that you, without going into specifics, that you, when you see them, you remember back to the first time you saw them? Mm-hmm. We have a young lady named Rachel who was probably one of the last young people that I directly worked with um, because, like you said, my job's changed so much. But her story very quickly was she was she was hardcore uh, addict. Um, she was involved in a very violent uh, crime. She was used in a very violent crime, actually. Um, ended up having to leave our program to go to jail, got out, came back begged to be back in our program we let her back in she ended up we helped her move to Saskatchewan get out of the you know all that type of stuff mm-hmm. to get she's now in university she's got a couple kids she's just doing fantastic wow. in life and she's one that I think of often and she's just such a great girl who still keeps in touch and and doing of well. course good stuff uh, Kyle Dubé you're doing uh, good work over there you and all the folks at uh, UK News Services I know you're not working today but you came in to share your story I appreciate that you can.ca yep there you go if you want to find out more about what you can does or get your advance tickets to the comedy night uh, you can hang out with me. I think I've got a table for the Edmonton Comedy Festival. I haven't filled it yet. Uh, we're going to take a break for news headlines when we come back. A roundtable about PR and social media. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.